From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. But Dawn has such wonderful experience from all different angles that she was able to answer my questions about, you know, do health systems normally do this? You know, what's it like when a big venture capital group comes in and wants primary care docs to sign? Um, I feel like I I benefited personally and, and greatly also as a company from her breadth of experience. She could just answer the questions from every single different angle I was asking. That's Dr. Martha Ives, president and CEO of Rocky Mountain Primary Care, talking about the relationship between a medical practice and a healthcare consultant. We're gonna hear more from Dr. Ives as well as MGMA consultant Dawn Plested in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. During our premier spring event, the 2023 Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference, attendees will gain key insights from both disciplines and learn about topics that shape the future success of medical practice organizations. So join us March 19th through the 21st in Orlando, Florida. And you get there by going to mgma.com slash mpe23 to learn more and to register today. All right. Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, uh, Senior Editor at MGMA. I am joined today on the MGMA Consultants Corner podcast by Dawn Plested, who is one of our MGMA consultants, also Dr. Martha Ives. So I want to, first of all, just welcome both of you here to the show. Thanks, Daniel. It's so great to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so let's begin with you, Don. We have worked with you together on podcasts, webinars, etc. So we know your story a little bit, but it, we always could have new listeners here. So wanted to get a little bit about your background in healthcare and your work as a consultant. Yeah, thanks, Danielle. Well, um, I've been in healthcare for just about 20 years now. I, I had the privilege of starting in uh, marketing and strategic planning in in critical access, uh, critical access healthcare, which was so wonderful. I had an opportunity to wear so many different hats in that role and just really um, just loved the purpose in the industry and 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 really loved having an opportunity to feel like my work mattered. And, and so it was a great place to start my career. And I knew um, pretty quickly that I wanted to pivot into operations. I, I went back and got my MBA. And, and from there, I ran a number of private practices, hospitals, and health systems. I eventually... Um, ran a, F, a network of FQHCs, uh, a Medicaid ACL, and, you know, just really had an opportunity to kind of do contracting, do operations, um, ha- have a variety of experiences from radiology and dermatology and plastic surgery um, to critical access hospitals and, and, of course, primary care along the way. And, you know, one of the consistent themes that I found um 
really of value to me in my career was I wanted to work with smaller purpose-driven organizations, private practice in particular. That was a passion of mine. And I found that they experienced so many challenges from an operational perspective um, with regards to legal, regulatory, and compliance. And so ultimately, I went back and got my JD. I'm a licensed attorney. And I did that with the intent of doing exactly what I'm doing today, consulting in an operational capacity, but with a legal um, background training and framework to be able to help private practices across the country really achieve their operational goals in in kind of in, with some assurance that they're within the, the parameters of that legal regulatory com- framework. Oh, that's so great. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for sharing that. Dr. Ives, you are new to the MGMA podcast. So welcome again. We're glad to have you here. Um, first of all, just to kind of set the stage uh, for our audience, if you could just start and just uh, tell us a little bit about your background in healthcare. You do have that MD. Tell us a little bit about some of those highlights, and then we'll get in a little bit on the practice that you're uh, guiding right now. Thank you, Daniel. I um, I went to medical school at the University of Utah and uh, graduated in 1989, which seems like a long time ago. So I've been in medicine more than 34 years now. I went on to do residencies in both internal medicine and pediatrics uh, because I just needed that sort of breadth to uh, apply medicine the way I wanted to going forward. Um, I've worked at several different places. Um, first of all, Johns Hopkins Medical Service Corporation in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and then uh, moved to California with my husband and family uh, and was part of Sharp Mission Park for several years before we moved here to Colorado in 2000. Um, I've worked now with Rocky Mountain Primary Care uh, 23 of those years and uh, took on a leadership role as president and CEO of the company uh, in June of 21. Okay. Thank you for that. Wow. Great, great background there. Thank you. Uh, We're honored to have you on the show. And tell us about Rocky Mountain. Tell us about the size and scope of that practice and what you're looking at as that president and CEO? Um, we are currently four clinics uh, serving about 30,000 residents in the northwest portion of the Denver area. Um, the company started, I believe, in 1998. Um the president, John Gordon, uh, developed this company and was the president until about uh, 2000. Um, I moved into the leadership role, as I said, uh, mid-2021. We have unique uh, partnerships with um, local hospital system and a a PSA, physician services uh, arrangement. And we belong to two different IPAs in the Denver area. Uh, My job has been to uh, facilitate discussion between all of those groups as it relates to us continuing as a private practice uh, we feel very strongly that uh, we want to continue as a private entity um, because we like the uh, the breadth of possibilities um, that that we can get into as time goes on. We we very much want to practice medicine the way each one of the five owners uh, want to practice, uh, and that that's a priority for us. Yeah, I. 
I want to ask you about that then, because as our listeners know, they are made up of uh, medical practice leaders, physicians, nurses, everybody in that healthcare world. Uh, that's the audience for this show. And many of them are, you know, kind of grappling with those same ideas that you're grappling with. And part of that is the ownership aspect of it. And um, do we remain private? If we're going to remain private, do I have the tools <laughs> that I need? I know how to be a doctor. Do I know how to run a practice? So I want to get into that with you then and and ask you about when you were in that, moved into that leadership role, what was your what were your goals th at that point? And then when did you realize, well, gosh, maybe I want some outside uh, help here as well. And looking at that consulting side of it, some other people can give me additional insights on how to, you know, run the business aspect of healthcare. Well, Daniel, I had been a member of the board of directors for Rocky Mountain Primary Care for uh, 15, 16 years, and so was very familiar with the nuts and bolts of running a private practice. Um, you know, everybody has felt the the bite of the uh, the economy, you know, not not even to mention the pandemic. Um, and so my my goals in taking over as president and CEO was to not only look at the strength of the relationships that we had in our community at the time, but also to envision where we wanted to go as time went on. Um, you know, venture capital has certainly come to the Colorado market and uh, many of the private practices here have basically signed over with that. Um, that opportunity came up for us and we decided that that was not a fit for the goals of our practice. Um, so there have been lots of meetings <laughs> on the different board of directors that I'm part of. And you can imagine a, a busy year of uh, discussions, you know, what would it be like to, to be part of a, a, a newer entity? What would it be like to continue as we have been? Um, you know, how do we make ends meet? How do we pay the docs that we employ? How do we keep our 125 employees you know, employed, happy, and productive. Um, so it, it's been a big learning year for me. We have excellent uh, corporate counsel, and um, and I work also with uh, my new executive director who uh, moved into his position as administrator in June of 21 when I came on as well. So basically, the two of us were learning the ropes together. Um, and when these new opportunities arose, um, I definitely had thousands of questions and immediately thought, you know, I'm I'm going to need more people to talk to. I need much more information about this um, as I had not served as, as president before then. Um, I don't feel like I could have negotiated um, and survived, you know, all the things that have gone on in the past 18 months without the weekly meetings that I have with Don Plusted. Um, it's provided me an opportunity to to ask what I was afraid might be dumb questions. Um, so I've been able to ask her, as she knows, <laughs> thousands of questions about can they really do that? And what's my <laughs> role here? And how many ways can we, you know, slice the bread here? And what if we do this? What if we do that? So um, it, it has just been so important for me 
um, and our company to have this kind of input um, in in helping the owners of our company look at the options and and move forward as we see fit. Mm-hmm. Before we go to Dawn on that, Dr. Ives, I did I failed to ask you earlier in the role you're in now, are you still able to see patients or did you have to move away from that side of the business? No, I still have a busy practice. I have three physician assistants who work under me now um, and I'm I'm teaching. I have a scribe that is also a, uh, uh, has a bachelor's degree and wants to go to medical school. So I have a teaching role as well. Um, You know, I have to show up at the different four sites and, uh, and the medical service organization uh, has weekly meetings as well, where we talk, you know, business uh, strategy and things. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of hours for me to, you know, uh, fulfill the role as president, as well as continue with my um, very large practice with a lot of a lot of senior patients. Okay, well, thank you for that. So, Don, I want to bring you in here now. So, Doctor Ives reached out to you to you for some consultation there. Talk about what that process looks like. I have talked to so many consultants in general in healthcare and MGMA consultants, and I don't know that we've ever really broken down what that process looks like when a practice goes, you know, we're doing all right, but we could do even better if we get this outside consultation. So what is the process like there, Dawn? So let's talk about the process. You know, Within consulting services, it's very um, individualized. We really want to get to know each individual practice, understand what their needs are, understand what they're looking to accomplish and and help um, achieve that. I think, um, I I believe this to be true of all consulting. So, you know, I'm not uh, uh, claiming any market cornered on this, but but we really seek to um, customize to the needs of the individual practice. Now, with that said, um, I also personally really like to look at each practice and say, okay, um, that's what they say they need. (laughs) But this is what I think they also need that they maybe don't even know that they need this. And so, um, and so, for example, in the case of Rocky Mountain Primary Care, I, you know, Dr. Ives came and, and, you know, shared as we started out in this journey together, just, Um, that this was a new role and that there were a lot of unknowns and that she was really seeking um, support in in certain areas and feeling a little, um, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, Dr. Ives, but maybe feeling a little like this is outside the realm of what you normally did on a day-to-day basis. You were very much, you know, a clinical practitioner. And so um, feeling a, a little bit at odds in some of these business meetings. And so certainly I thought that was a need. And I think um, that there has been some value just in in having those conversations. Uh, again, when you, you know, you go to get your MBA, for example, you learn a lot of buzzwords about leadership and all what the HR things are. And that, you know, that's not part of other um, other majors or other industries necessarily. I, uh, Do- Dr. Ives, I want to come back to you for a moment. So in general, healthcare is complex. It is confusing <laughs> whether... I always thought it was just from the patient side, but since uh, being at MGMA for almost five years and talking to practice administrators and leaders, there's just so much that they have to stay on top of in addition to just 
working with patients. And there's this whole other layer upon layer upon layer. Um, how did the pandemic uh, shine even a brighter spotlight on that or help you to even focus on what really matters about medicine? Talk about what that was like in your mindset. You know, I'm very proud of how Rocky Mountain Primary Care handled the pandemic. We we didn't close down for a single day or a single hour. We basically were able to get on telehealth within a week for all of our 25 providers. Um, there's not a single person in, at Rocky Mountain Primary Care who said, oh my gosh, I can't do this. We all just buckled down. We said, okay, you know, this is what we know for now, you know, let, let's do this this week. And as the information came in on a daily basis, you know, we're trying to keep up with um, CDC, the recommendations. We all watch Dr. Fauci on TV every day. Um, we basically problem solved minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day. I, I am incredibly proud of, of the work that Rocky Mountain Primary Care has done during the pandemic. Um, and I think part of that is is because we have been independent. You know, we didn't have to wait for a hospital system to say, okay, now you're allowed to do this. Now you're allowed to do that. We, between the five owners and the, the other 25 providers, we put our heads together and said, Here, here's the challenge today. How do we meet it? What do you want to do? Make it happen. Um, so for us, um, every single person was dedicated to answering the phone, getting patients in. We went out to people's cars for the first six months and, you know, covered in uh, PPE, the protective wear with, uh, you know, homemade uh, shields and, and N95 masks when we could find them. And then one day it was snowing in the fall of 2020. And I said, yikes, we're going to get pneumonia running out of people's car in the snow. So we were able to rent the room across the hall. I put up plastic sheeting and we divided it into a couple of respiratory rooms. And um, our, our patients definitely benefited from the fact that they could come in. We could assess them. We sent the sickest ones to the hospital and we we lost a fair number of patients as, as everyone did. So it, it was a real, real challenge. And I think also helped to solidify us as a group, you know, that everybody was willing to move forward. We, we didn't have a big dichotomy where some people said, well, I don't want to work and I don't want to get exposed. I mean, everyone jumped in and did their job. Okay. Um, Dawn, anything you want to add to that? Because I know you were heavily involved. That's where I, I met you, I think, during maybe right before the pandemic, but we uh, communicated a lot during the pandemic. This isn't a pandemic episode, but it's still <laughs> echoing for all of us. So I just wanted to get an idea of what your side of uh, from the consulting side, what health, what it was like uh, during the pandemic and then, you know, kind of clawing out of it, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think everybody experienced just the a little bit of PTSD, I guess. That's how I describe it. I, I think everybody was a little bit shell-shocked. You know, you go in and you think, oh, okay, two weeks or or three weeks, or wait a minute, we, you know, it's getting worse, or the numbers are coming out of Italy. I, you know, the early days were just so so quick moving. And I think um 
So with that said, you know, I think everybody had a similar experience through the pandemic with with regards to, you know, what you know, what are the the impacts from COVID that are going to last forever? What's going to kind of go back to, quote unquote, normal? What So what's the new normal? And then also moving from reactionary mode back into a, a more proactive stance and starting to think strategically um, that has been. I would say that's where some practices are. It's a challenging place for people to be at because I think they're also just, again, PTSD, exhausted and tired from the last three years. And so to ask people to go, okay, now let's dream of the future when they're just kind of catching their breath is, is a bit of a a push. But I think it's uh, it's really important, you know, to take that take the um, future by the hand and really start thinking proactively. Okay. Well, Dr. Ives, I, I want to check in with you now on this, for lack of a better word, the, the practice consultant relationship. And I know we're talking specifically about Dawn here and the help she's done, but from your perspective, what do you feel like you were looking for either from yourself as a leader or from the practices perspective that you you truly wanted to integrate again into your your personal leadership style or into the practice and what did you want to gain uh through these consultations I'm glad you asked because this has been so much more than I initially envisioned it to be. I thought I'd ask a few questions that that maybe were, you know, showed that I didn't have a background or an MBA in uh, corporate law or, or uh, you know, how hospitals and, and IPAs usually handle business when things are getting tough. Um, but it, it's been so much more than I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, my my life as a leader changed Again, minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, especially during the past, um, really more the past 15 months or so. And so, yes, I had interactions with my executive director, Millard, and our corporate attorney, Ryan, um, and those were extremely important. We brought information to our our RMPC board of directors and hash things out. But Dawn has such wonderful experience from all different angles that she was able to answer my questions about, you know, do health systems normally do this? You know, what's it like when a big venture capital group comes in and wants primary care docs to sign? Um, I feel like I, I benefited personally and, and greatly also as a company from her breadth of experience. She could just answer the questions from every single different angle I was asking. Um, I mean, there were times I thought, yikes, what have I gotten myself into here? Or yikes, you know, this is not looking great, you know, going forward for the company. You know, this isn't what we had envisioned, um, you know, five years ago, three years ago, one year ago. Um, so I, I can't emphasize enough that the, the questions I was able to ask and the answers I was able to get and Don helping me understand the, the terms and um the realities of of these different things we the company was being faced with um really was the only thing i think that made us successfully move through the past 15 months we are exactly where we wanted to be as a company okay i have a, some final thoughts that i want y'all to share and we're going to take a a little bit of a deep dive because our listeners may be listening 
uh, to this intently on going, well, should I, you know, reach out to a consultant? Should I just get huddle up with the team here? So I want y'all to talk in terms of um, how do we make that decision and what are the things we look for? I want to start, Don, from your perspective, because you're the consultant, but you know, there are things that you need from that practice as well. So you can do your job the best in the best possible way. And so um, when you're looking at that, what should that consultant practice relationship look like? Um, and this is really looking at giving advice to anyone who's out there who may be thinking of uh, hiring a consultant. You know, what do they need to have in place uh, to make that relationship work? Yeah. Well, you know, Daniel, there's the famous saying that a consultant will borrow your watch to tell you what time it is. So <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, I think a cornerstone uh, to a consultant relationship and, and a practice consultant relationship is you have to feel there's a need. You have to feel there's a need and you have to trust the expertise of the person you're bringing on board or at least have some confidence in it. I, you know, of course, that's one of the reasons I love working with MGMA, just because I have the whole um, resource and tool set that MGMA um, backing me, I guess, and backing sort of my decisions and my recommendations. I have the data from the data dive and so forth. So I think it's really important that you ha you start out there because if you don't trust the expertise of the expert you're bringing in, uh, you know, how valuable is their advice really going to be? So that that's key. I also think there is an element, you know, it's not time free. I, I have worked with uh, people who who hope to engage me and and have me do the work and never talk to me again until I give them a finished product. And that's, you know, it's a it's a collaborative relationship. And of course, entirely depending on the product and the process going forward. But I think I personally gain a lot of my insights from those conversations and and having that understanding of the individual practice. Otherwise, it's it's very difficult to tailor solutions specific to practice needs if you're if you're kind of working off a generalized template. So that engagement and and just having that ability to you know um, be available, I, I think, is very key. Okay. And I want to turn that to you as well, Dr. Ives, because you've been through it now. There's some real decisions to make as a practice. So when you huddle with your leadership team, you've got to make that decision on what can we handle in-house? And then what do we really want uh, consultant advice and expertise on? Help our listeners understand so they can better navigate that field um, and the kind of things that they would need to look for for a consultant if they decide to go in that direction? You know, being a doctor, um, I'm, you know, I make decisions pretty quickly and thoroughly, don't have to spend a lot of time wondering if it's the right thing to do. I mean, it, it was clear to me when things started happening in our medical community that were going to be tough for us, that, you know, not me not having a background in, in law or business, um, it was immediately uh, clear to me that we needed a lot more input and information. Um, you know, my other four practicing uh, 
owners of the group are, each are very knowledgeable in their in their own way and we we did as much as we could do at at the RMPC board level um, but it was very clear that the things that were happening were going to be have serious consequences to us ma- maintaining our independence um, so it, it was not a difficult decision for us to say we need we need more input on uh you know what are our rights what are our responsibilities um, how do we navigate a relationship that basically went sort of south for us? Um, you know, the board meetings at this other entity were were real tough. They were very lengthy. They were very detailed. And um, I, I was of a dissenting opinion uh, relative to the rest of the group. So I felt like I needed as many as many warriors in in our armamentarium as we could get to to move forward. All right. Well, Dr. Martha Ives, Don Plested, I want to thank you all both for joining us on the MGMA Consultants Corner uh, and shedding some light on what that consultant medical practice relationship looks like. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us today. And thank you, Dr. Ives. Thank you, both of you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guests, Dr. Martha Ives, the president and CEO of Rocky Mountain Primary Care, and MGMA consultant Dawn Plested. This episode is part of our Consultants Corner podcast series. And if you want to learn more about the services offered, go to mgma.com slash consulting. We also want to thank MGMA Events for sponsoring this week's show. During our premier spring event, the 2023 MPE Financial and Operations Conference, attendees will gain key insights from both disciplines and learn about the topics that shape the future success of medical practice organizations. So join us March 19th through the 21st in Orlando, Florida. Go to mgma.com slash mpe23 to learn more and to register today. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.